Welcome back to another episode of 25 Stories That Made MLS. Hey, you remember from our last episode, we're co-hosts now. <laughs> That's true. I was like looking at you, I was like, do you not know the name of yeah, our podcast? Yeah, this is uh, 25 Stories That Made MLS. I'm Nital Ramen. And I'm Tudor Ramen. Okay, cool. So, um, this is episode nine, man. Yeah. Wow, these are going by fast. Yes. So, uh, what do we have today? Uh, today we're talking about um, the Project 40 pipeline. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. You might know it uh, by the name today, Generation Adidas. That I do know. There you go. And that is a team that you can select on FIFA. Fun fact. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, some of the most recent FIFAs you can, you can pick. They're listed under Rest of World, I think next to the Orlando Pirates. Uh, I think that's my second time mentioning the Orlando <laughs> Pirates on this podcast. But yeah, I think you can pick a Generation Adidas um, on FIFA. Yeah, funny note, I have an Orlando Pirates jersey. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, you have a Kaiser says. Chiefs jersey too. Yeah. That's it. Oh man. Um, yeah, so this is uh, the Project 40 pipeline. It kind of ties back to our episode four, Bradenton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, as you, uh, recapping that, right, which is um, the report basically from Carlos Kirosh, which is highlighting for U.S. soccer, mm -hmm. one of the main weaknesses that the U.S. system has is that you have a whole bunch of players that play the game, but they are not put into a professional setting early enough. Right, so put them all in one place. Yeah, so that's why they made the academy, mm -hmm. but the theory is, like, the best players in the U.S. by age 16 should be in a pro setting. Yeah. Um, the issue is majority of the players... Um, that are good at soccer, they see it as a road to go to college and get a, get a scholarship and get a free ride in college. Right. And if right. they happen to be good enough to go pro, then they'll go pro. Which and means then the you're... time you're leaving college, you're like 22, yeah. 23-ish. You know, yeah. Like... And then, you know, in the development cycle, you were way past kind of like getting your first pro right. appearance. You should be right. by you that should be point. experienced by now. Yeah. So... Um, so how do you solve that? And, and the story that we're going to say is actually through a guy named Carlos Parra. Okay. And Carlos Parra, um, back in 97, he's a senior in high school in Connecticut. Okay. Um, he is like a top, top high school player. I think he's like a two-time All-American from Parade Magazine. He's in uh, the U18 national team. He's already being scouted for the U20 national team. Mm -hmm. Um, and in 97, he is, uh, you know, a, a top end defensive midfield prospect. Um, and it's someone, if you are running a new league, this is the type of player that you want in your league, right? Yeah. Now the issue is, again, he also has an offer on the table from Maryland to play soccer. And Maryland is a very good soccer program. Yeah, for sure. Really, really good soccer program. And also a really good school. Right, so he's got like what a full ride, lead? full ride. I mean, oh, he's man. he's one of the top, yeah. you know, high schoolers yeah, in the yeah, country, yeah. right? So like, he's got a full ride waiting for him. But mm -hmm. his dream, he's always said, is like to play pro soccer, and he would like to play pro soccer. And what just came out? Ninety six MLS, MLS, right. right? And but the MLS rules would say that you would have to enter a draft, right? Right, right, and right. Uh, just like with any other professional league, if you enter a draft with a pro agent, mm -hmm. right? Um, we do this with the NBA. If we do this with the NFL or Major League Baseball, if you enter a draft with a pro agent, 
you forego your ability to play like collegiate soccer or collegiate sports. Right. Right. So there's a huge risk involved. Huge risk involved. Right. Yeah. So um, also, you enter the draft, you get drafted. That doesn't guarantee that you're going to play. Or get a contract. Or get a contract. Right. And so. And also, uh, we talking about MLS. It's like when you sign with the league, you don't even know where you're going. Yeah. And so uh, if that risk, you know, if you're in going into the NBA, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and you're trying to leave college early, you're like, right, it might be a risk. But all you got to do is get one contract in the NBA and you've more than made up the value of what college costs. You know what I mean? Like your right, minimum right, contract right. in the NBA is like, I think, over a million dollars, right? So yeah. you can pay for college now with the million dollars that you made. Um same thing with uh, baseball, I think. Same thing with NFL. But we're no. talking about a league that just started. And if you remember from our previous episodes, you don't have health insurance even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And minimum salary is like really, really, really low, you know. Yeah. And so like for getting a college scholarship, which I mean, I don't know how much it was now back then, but I know how much college is now. I mean, yeah. you're talking the value of that could be 100000 150000 $200,000, right? Right. And I'm so probably that's a, on the low end, honestly. Yeah, and like that's a that's a pretty pretty big risk to take. So MLS knows that this is a problem, and honestly, U.S. Soccer knows that this is a problem. Right. So what they do is they actually do a joint venture, and that joint venture is a mechanism for people to get into Major League Soccer well before they're a college senior, mm-hmm. and that mechanism is sponsored by Nike. And Nike, and that's why it's called Project 40. Wait, I thought you told me it, it turned out to be a generation Adidas. Right. When Adidas ended up taking up the full sponsorship of all the kits and stuff like that, uh-huh. that's when the name changed to Generation oh, Adidas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, some beef. Some beef. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is what is the mechanism of Project 40, right? Okay. So you know what it's trying to do. is trying to get people, uh, trying to get your top-end talent, mm-hmm. um, whether they're uh, coming straight from Bradenton, you yeah. could be like 17, whether they're coming out of high school, whether they're a freshman in college, but well before they're seniors, basically, mm-hmm. you're trying to incent them to sign with MLS and hence give up their college kind of um, availability. But I think the only way to do that is if you gave them some kind of safety net and saying that like you could enter a draft, but you won't lose your future over it exactly so, so this is where the single entity helps right so inst- the draft is a way to be like um you, this is a team that you're going to be assigned to mm-hmm. and it's a mechanism to ensure parity as well right so to but because mls owns all the contracts they mm-hmm. can negotiate with the player directly even not knowing which team he's going to be on right so you're you're a top end um talent like carlos para is MLS has identified you out of high school. Mm-hmm. They don't need to know whether the Rebels want you or, you know, whether it's uh, Dallas wants you. They're mm-hmm. just going to go straight to you and they're going to negotiate with you. And basically, when they negotiate with you, they're going to say, we're going to give you a three-year professional contract with two more option years on the MLS side. Okay, so you're, you get three years, two two option years. Yeah, right? at least uh, that is what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, we know that college could be important. So if it doesn't work out, we're still going to give you a scholarship for college. So you can still oh, go so to... they'll foot the bill. Yeah. And that part, that part specifically is actually sponsored by U.S. Soccer. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, and so it takes away all the risk for you. Mm-hmm. And you get to negotiate with MLS before the draft, which probably means, um, I don't think it was true for Para, but for everyone else after that, you're probably getting much better than minimum salary. You're probably negotiating. Sounds like you're getting more time to make a choice, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're good enough, you're probably looking at European offers and going back and forth between MLS and Europe. Yeah, and today's game, for sure. Right. So that's the first part. Incenting the player to mm-hmm. give up college eligibility and, and basically offset some now they of tried risk. they tried this with Jordan Morris, didn't they? Yeah, but I think Morris went through as a homegrown. Okay. Yeah, so All right. we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but the second part is now MLS has signed you. We need to incent the teams to make sure you get on the team mm-hmm. to take you, right, and yeah. hold you as a roster. So the things that they incent the teams with is, one, once you're signed, your salary, it does not count against the salary budget of the league. And the salary budget for MLS is, is quite low. I think it's, even now, it's like $4.5 million. So they're like technically a D? No. They're free. They're basically they're free. free. Okay. Yeah. All right. DPs have a salary budget charge, right, but right. Um, designated players, for those who don't know. Um, but um, but Project 40, or now Generation Adidas players, in the first few years until they graduate and play enough minutes, mm-hmm. they don't count against their the salary budget. Yeah, okay. So there's no risk to the team in terms of like, holding budget against you, mm-hmm. right? Secondly, um, they want to ensure that you get playing time. So this is a time before academies are set up for each one of the clubs, and none of the clubs have reserved teams. So what does MLS do? So if you're a player that's, like, really good at 18, but, like, you might not be good enough yet to be, like, in the 18 of an MLS team. Uh, this is rhetorical. I mean, you loan out players. You loan out players, and so oh, where MLS made their own USL back then it was called the A League. They made their own club in the A League called MLS Pro Forty, where really okay P Forty players, Project Forty players uh-huh. from MLS clubs can get loaned to and get professional experience. And that club existed for three years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So now, from the club standpoint, from an MLS team standpoint, you're like, oh, MLS has already signed you. Whatever they paying, whatever your salary is, does mm-hmm. not count against my budget. So right. it's like basically free. And even if you're not good enough right now, I know I can loan you to a special club that yeah. MLS has made in order for you to get like professional experience. It's all, this all sounds like somebody like trying to convince somebody to foster a puppy. Yeah. You know, like, and there's like there's, there's like no argument against it. Yeah, there's like no it's risk. Like, yeah. It's, like it's very cute. It's not permanent, you know. <laughs> It'll find a home eventually. Somebody's gonna want it, and uh, you know, I know you have problems in the house, so like you're lonely and stuff. So you know, take care of yourself. Like yeah. that. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Uh, uh, that's a... amazing. I didn't know that uh, MLS had a team for a couple of years. And, yeah, it's crazy. And a division under it. Um, obviously, that's not really a necessity now, right? Because now we have, like you said, we we get to it is. Yeah, most like a, MLS teams have reserve sides, or they at least have a really strong partnership. Like Red Bull with, and Red Bull 2, two right? Yeah. Or they have a really strong partnership with the USL side that they can constantly loan players to to get experience, right? Yeah. So so these this mechanism set in. Carlos Parra signs in 1997. He's the first person to uh, be part of Project 40. He's the first person to sign for MLS outside of the draft system. Mm-hmm. He gets assigned to the Metro Stars. 
he gets loaned to the Project 40 team, so he, he gets... Yeah. Um, uh, it, Tim Howard, I think, played a few games for that team as well. Like, really? Yeah. And um, he ends up getting traded to a few teams. He plays, I think, something like 55 or 60 games total, so he wasn't like a huge MLS player by yeah, any means. Yeah, I don't remember him. But he was the first in um, this Project 40, and I called it the episode of Project 40 Pipeline because to date, and Generation Adidas, which is the new name of it, mm-hmm. is still a mechanism MLS uses to get players into the league. Right. Um, every draft you have about somewhere between five to eight players. I know off the top of my head the biggest name for Generation Adidas, in my mind, is Josie Altador. Yep. Josie Altador is a big one. Yeah. So they've 219 players have entered the league this way. Some of the biggest names, Tim Howard, as we just talked about, mm-hmm. Demarcus Beasley. Wow. Carlos Bocanegra, Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, Clint Dempsey. Um, recent years, like Darlington Nagby, Jack Harrison, Kyle Aaron. Right? So, so wait, Darlington Nagby's a Generation yep. Adidas? Yep, exactly. Huh. And, and he's so, huge in Akron, too. Yeah, so he came from Akron, um, great kind of college program. Yeah. Um, but they negotiated with him to mm-hmm. leave early. He got a better salary because of it. Yeah. You know, it's the same exact methodology. And when he first entered the league, he didn't count against the salary. It's kind of crazy. You have something like this awesome and fair that early in the league's existence. But yeah. you also have the other side of it with the players being really upset with not knowing where they're going to play. Yeah. Um, that we talked about in earlier episodes. Do you think it's from the fact that U.S. soccer has their hand in it? And also at the time, Nike had their hand in it. Like, it's more than just MLS working on this idea. Yeah, I think um, that, so you had U.S. soccer that had a hand in it for sure. And I think there was also a inkling that for some of these talents, they were never going to go to college, or at least for all four years. Like, I don't think Josie Altador was going to go to college, right? So mm-hmm. then it was like, how do we have a mechanism so they pick MLS and not go to Europe? Oh, okay. So, and so this is the MLS... MLS uh, talent scouts basically figuring out what are the best seven, eight, you know, players that we can make sure we bring into the league. Now there's so many more other mechanisms to get players into clubs, right? So the biggest one is the academy. Right. Right. Which is why college is becoming less and less prevalent. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So if you have someone through your own academy, so if you're in the Rebels and you have a person go through the rebels academy like tyler adams Mm -hmm. like age 12 right you don't have to go through the draft they automatically you can sign them yeah so that's a huge way of getting people in but for the people who don't go through the mls academies Mm -hmm. uh they can still get signed through this mechanism right and even today like you have some top players that have gone through this so most recently i would say miles robinson is probably your best example right with atlanta generation adidas uh, did not count against the salary first year. Didn't really mm-hmm. play that much because he wasn't good enough. But Atlanta, you know, doesn't count against the salary budget, so you can hold on to it. It's not a problem. Right. Um, found his way on the team and had a had a debut with the U- U.S. national team. Yeah, like a defensive of the year type of year. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't end up winning the award, but like I think he's probably the second best defender in the league this year. And yeah. I think it shows you kind of the mechanism. Is still in place and it's still important, but it's now one of the many mechanisms of getting talent into the league. But fundamentally, I mean, has changed how the league has been able to recruit players into it, for sure. And it's still here today. Unlike some of the other things we talked about, which have 
been obsolete. Mm-hmm. This is something that's still here today that you will see next year as well. Definitely. Cool. And that's the story of the Project 40 pipeline. Ooh. Ooh, look at the time. This is a short one. Yeah, this is a real short Speaking one. Speaking of pipelines, we got that oil through fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I'm still sticking to the role, even though we're both co-hosts now. I'm still sticking to it. Uh, what are your sources? <laughs> Got it. Um, my sources saw three main ones. One is the impact of Nike Project 40 players in Major League Soccer. Um, at the, it was an article for the Journal of Sports Administration. Um, two, Para Takes the Fast Lane at MLS by Dave Brousseau. And then uh, last one is Project MLS Project 40 player signed. And I am going to head upstairs, throw on FIFA 18. Yes, 18. FIFA 18. And fact check myself and see if you can actually pick Generation Adidas. And the reason why I have FIFA 18 and not 19 or 20 is because after 18, I was so frustrated with the game that I vowed to never buy FIFA again. Uh, yeah. What do you say to that? I I say good for you, sir. <laughs> good for you, sir. I, I see what you're doing, EA. I see how much <laughs> money you're taking. Yeah, good for you, man. Uh, but yeah, that's the story. It's a short one, but a good one. All right, guys. We will catch you next time. As always, rate and review. Tell your friends, and then follow us at twenty five underscore stories. That's at twenty five underscore stories. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>